How might we find the gifts of teaching during this bizarre time in education? On this special solo episode, I explore this question and give you some updates on that whole JK situation. I'm your host, Celeste Kirsch, and we are teaching tomorrow. doing something that we haven't done in a long, long, long time. And by that, I mean we're doing a solo episode today. And by we, I really just mean me. I'm also going to do something kind of revolutionary that I literally have never tried before. I'm trying to do this whole episode in one take. So if I swear accidentally, I may have to edit that. Or if I stumble super awkwardly, that might have to get deleted. But on the other hand, I think that we need to embrace the one take. And I'm going to talk about this a little bit more in the episode. Uh, I want to give you an update on what we did with junior kindergarten with my son, because the last episode we did was, should I send my child to JK? And the update is, yes, we did. I had a few people making fun of me because they're like, oh, I knew you were going to send him to JK, even though two-thirds of the people said, don't do it. You were just crowdsourcing and trying to get an answer to what you already knew. Um, But genuinely, we really needed to ask questions and talk to people smarter than us. Um, I feel really good about the decision right now, and there's a huge asterisk on that, um, in that now that he's there. I'm literally taking my temperature eight times a day. And every time I sneeze or feel a tickle in my throat, I am like Googling COVID symptoms all over again, just like it was March. Uh, But it's been really, really good. Um, Our son is very social and he really benefits from having other people around. Um, and, And that was a huge decision. Like that was a part of the decision that we made. Um, And we are at an alternative school within the Toronto District School Board. So for anyone listening in the States, basically, that's uh, in a way kind of like a charter school. I think that's the best comparison I can come up with. It's a publicly funded school, um, but it is by lottery. And we have to drive him there. So it's a bit of a trek. And because of that, there are only 24 kids that had signed up for his junior kindergarten class. And out of those 24 kids, only about half of them are coming in person right now. So at this time of recording, which is the end of September, uh, there's like, I think, 11 kids in his class. Um, And that feels really doable in terms of the ratios and the spacing Um, This is also a school where the teachers are really great with going outside for a lot of the day. So he's really only going inside um, for lunch and then for a couple of activities. So currently he's in school and that means that I can record a podcast episode while my other son is napping upstairs. Um, So you also might hear a baby crying in the background at any time. And this episode might have to be super duper short because of that. I've been talking to a lot of my friends who are teaching currently, as you know, I'm on a mat leave right now. The plan is that I'm going back to teach in December. So the first week of December and y'all, this is a really hard time to be a teacher. And I was on a call with some of the other cohort 
leaders a few days ago and everyone was just saying like, unless you really need to be in education right now, like this is a really hard place to be. Um, and people were joking, saying like, stay home, don't come back after your mat leave. Um, but I, I wanna just like flip that and reframe it for all of us. And I know that I'm speaking from a huge place of privilege not being in school right now. But how can we try to find the gifts of what this time is offering us? I'm trying to say this to future Celeste right now because I'm going to need this advice when I'm in it in December. But I was talking with one of my closest friends who actually was on the last episode, Chris McKenna, and I was like, Chris, how is it going? Like, actually, how is it going right now? Um, and she said, you know, the anticipation of going back was worse than actually going back. And that with all the annoying parts about wearing a mask and eating my lunch in a windowless office, it still is really good to be back with my students. And I asked her, I'm like, okay, what is really good right now? Like, what is really awesome? And what she said, just like, it was it. That was all I needed to hear it was just, you know, there are gifts about this time that she's focusing on. So one of the gifts of this time for her was that she's back home every day by about 4 p.m. And pre-pandemic, that literally never happened. I mean, because we're all doing so many other things on top of teaching. We're working one-on-one -on -one with students after school. We're coaching an athletic club. We're doing speakers union after school. We're sitting with our students you know, trying to help them get ready for an upcoming assessment. Like there's always something going on after school. And now literally the school wants us to be out of that building at the end of the day. And that's a real gift for her. Another teacher that I was talking to um, all, teaches at a different all girls independent school for me. And uh, I, I say this, I, I name that it, it's an all girls school because I think that this is true for a lot of institutions. Um, but especially all girls schools where she was saying like, you know, we've talked about breaking up the perfectionism before, but now, now I think we really mean it. And that's another amazing gift of this time that like, we actually do not have the bandwidth to even try to get things right or to be perfect. Um, I think that's also a huge source of stress um, for a lot of people. And if we can just like truly break up with that, what could really be possible? Um, Justin Medved, who is one of the co-founders of Cohort 21, was really talking about like one takes. So that's why we're doing this podcast episode in one take. When you're doing a screen share for your students, embrace the mistakes that you make. In, and in a way, it actually allows your students to free them up. We all have those students who are like, it's okay to stutter, it's okay to fumble, it's okay to make mistakes. But now we really have to model that if we want to cross anything off of our <laughs> overburdened to-do list. <sighs> Something about doing less, I think, is really important. Um, I really love the work that Andrea Watson has been doing around the 40-hour teacher work week. And if you don't know who Andrea Watson is, I will link her in the show notes and put up some of her resources. She has this whole online course about uh, doing less as a teacher and not in a slacky kind of way, but more actually about 
um, doing less with greater intention and really focusing on what are the most important things that we do as a teacher in order to preserve some self-care time in the week or to go home and actually be with your family. Like we all have had those years where we can't stop marking or our kitchen table is overwrought with papers or our work creeps into every crevice of our life. Andrea Watson, um, I did her 40-hour teacher workweek course, and it was so phenomenally helpful to have a community of people giving each other permission to get really strategic about how we spend our time as teachers and what is a good use of our time and what is not. And I hope that like one of the things that we all can take out of this kind of ridiculous pandemic year is doing less better. Um, I don't remember what episode number it is, but you might remember uh, Jody, who was on the show early, early, like one of the first episodes we did. And Jody Rice was basically just saying, like, done is better than perfect. And if there is a mantra that I think we all can take into this year, it's done is better than perfect. Like, what if we all just had the permission to relax our expectations? And I, totally get that we are teachers because we're passionate about teaching ideas and curriculum and content and those things are a lot of the reasons why many of us got into this profession but maybe this is the time that we start teaching students and not curriculum maybe this is the year where we start looking at what is really really important and essential in my teaching so that i will stay in the profession for another 10, 15 years. I think we're going to see a lot of teachers shifting out of the profession in the next two years if we're not careful and if we're not wise about how we are supporting teachers. This, um, this idea of who we gravitate towards to in a school is really important and I wanted just to name that there are two different kinds of teachers in this time. There are calm spreaders and fear mongers. I think I got this from the Brene Brown podcast, Unlocking Us, when she was talking to Glennon Doyle. Find the calm spreaders. I think that it's going to be one of those years where it is really easy and obvious to be upset and be angry and be jaded and have a lot of frustration and we need that in order to hold our governments accountable and in order to hold leadership accountable to make this better for everybody, especially students and especially teachers. Um, but find the calm spreaders in your community. Who are the people that make you feel good to be around? I know that we can't just do a lot of social hangouts <laughs> this year, but as much as we can, try to have those calm spreaders influence the way that you are in your school, in your classrooms, in your hearts. Um, it's the calm spreaders that are gonna get us through. We still need to have like the people who are agitated and upset to inspire us to demand better. Um, but that being said, we also have to take care of ourselves and our hearts. I wanna leave on one small little idea. Do you remember in the Hunger Games, like the very first Hunger Games, so good. And like, I remember reading the Hunger Games in my first year of teaching. I think it was my first year of teaching. And it just felt so hard. 
everything was so hard in my first year of teaching and I was so exhausted and I was so tired and every single aspect of my life was consumed by my job. And it like truly felt so amazing, so joyful. I was doing like the thing that I wanted to do and it was just mind numbingly difficult in those first I mean, it was really the first like three years that were so difficult, but the first year was especially hard. Um, it almost felt like oppressive. Like there was just so many things coming at me from all angles and I couldn't keep up. I could barely keep my head above water. And I started reading Hunger Games, I think in the spring of that year. Um, and it was just giving me so much life. I remember just being so completely consumed with Katniss and the world and something just so awful this whole world that they found themselves in, in the Hunger Games. And it so struck me this moment where Rue, the, the small girl that Katniss kind of like takes under her wing, when Rue dies and she's laying on the ground, I hope this is not a spoiler, dear Lord, if you have not seen Hunger Games yet, I'm spoiling it, spoiling a moment for you here, folks. So Rue dies, spoiler, and she's laying on the ground. And it's, you know, all these like horribly oppressive forces that are surrounding Katniss and Rue that have contributed to Rue dying in this moment. And of course you remember, Katniss takes flowers and covers Rue's body in flowers. Um, I think I cried like the first time that I read it and then I cried all again when I saw the movie. It's such a perfect metaphor for the world that we're living in right now. There's so much out of our control. There's so much that like we don't really get a say in. Katniss didn't get a say in the fact that she was playing in the Hunger Games. And I'm not saying the schools are like the Hunger Games. Clearly, that's not what I'm saying. But that when we're so in a system that is not really working and that is really difficult and oppressive, for lack of a better word, how can you find ways to find the flowers, to put flowers over things that are not working for you, to find ways to find the beauty in this scenario? And that's like the smallest little action that Katniss could do in that scenario of somebody that she cared about that died, that wasn't able to survive. Something bad happened. And so Katniss took flowers and she laid flowers all over Rue as a way to say, this is something small that I can do. This is a moment of kindness that I can offer in this really difficult situation. Where are the flowers in your world? Where are the things that you can take upon yourself to do to make somebody else's day a little better? How can you be a calm spreader? in your community, in your school. Because we've all decided to be part of this profession long before the pandemic, we saw ourselves in this role as teacher. So what was it that you wanted to get into this role for? I don't think any one of us thought that we would be teaching in the time of a pandemic. But if you're in the classroom still, if you're still in education, I hope that it's because you see that you can add something valuable during a difficult time. And I hope that it's because you see that 
you have something to offer to people and that you can show other people some kindness, some warmth, some flowers in some way. <sighs> because, I mean, there's many other careers or professions that we could get into, but teaching right now, it's really important that we have good humans in the profession now more than ever. Okay, that's uh, what I wanted to share with you today, just my thoughts on my mind. We have some really cool things happening in this upcoming season for the podcast. Um, as you can imagine, uh, Cohort 21, the year-long professional development experience run by CIS Ontario Schools, uh, we've changed our offering very dramatically this year in that we're not doing any face-to-face -face sessions for obvious reasons. So the podcast is going to be collecting and documenting inspiring conversations with people to support those who are doing that professional development work. Um, but as you know, they're just available to everybody. So if you're listening, you don't have to be doing cohort 21. Um, in fact, many people who are listening have done it before or might do cohort 21 in the future or are never even close to doing cohort 21 because you live in a completely different area. But the conversations that we're going to be having are tied into three different streams. One being pandemic pedagogy, obviously, and um, that's going from K all the way through 12. Uh, and then another big stream will be leadership during difficult times. So what does that look like? How are people running schools differently? How have leaders been able to adapt very quickly to the changing offering several times over? And then finally, another strand on, I wanna say anti-racist education, you could also call it diversity, equity, inclusion, um, anti-oppressive education, all the same terms kind of getting at the same thing. Uh, so conversations will be linked to one of those three areas and obviously they all overlap. And so many of the speakers that we have coming up, um, many of the conversations will be touching on all three of those areas. We're also going to be doing some Ask the Expert episodes, um, and I will share out on Instagram and Twitter and through some of the newsletters that people who listen are part of, uh, the names of people who are coming on the show, and I would love for you to send in questions um, through audio recordings or just by tweeting them at me, and then those questions could actually be part of the conversation. Um, we've done this a little bit in the past, but I really want this to be um, questions that will serve you as an educator and what you want to know from this person who's coming on that is an expert in X, Y, or Z. And that way, it's not just me asking questions. It's also you figuring out um, how to be a better teacher in this paradigm. Uh, I'd also kind of always wanted to do a live show and that also really terrifies me for the same reason that doing this episode uh, uncut also terrifies me. Um, but obviously we're not going to be gathering together in an auditorium anytime soon, but I would love to be able to do like an open Zoom call for the community and have people join in and record a conversation with people that it turns into a podcast episode, but that you can come in on and we can do like a live Q&A and people can schedule it in their calendars and it can be kind of an event and that we can join together in the same way that we may if we were, you know, back in 2019 or early 2020. Um, but Zoom feels so much more comfortable to do a live show than sitting in a giant auditorium for some reason in my head. Uh, 
So that's something else that I want to be experimenting with this year. Obviously, I have a little bit more bandwidth right now because I'm on maternity leave. Um, so, you know, I'll be putting out a few more episodes now and banking a couple for when I go back to work. Um, but I'm really, I'm really excited for what lies ahead. Um, I'm excited for what happens with this podcast in the next couple of months. And believe it or not, I'm also really excited about going back into teaching. Um, a lot of my friends, like I said before, have been saying, like, are you crazy? Why wouldn't you extend your maternity leave? Why wouldn't you just take the whole time off? And I know this sounds super cheesy, but I really feel called to be in the classroom at this time. And I really feel like I want to be, I want to be in the room where it happens, <laughs> to quote Hamilton. I want to be part of this thing that we're all trying to figure out together because this is not this is a moment that we're going through. This is not something that happens often in education where we're all kind of facing the same pedagogical dilemma and the same issues. And I really think that what's happening now in education will make it better once we can all take our masks off and be inside together. What's happening now in education will make it better for our children's children. And what's happening now in education is going to make us better educators, happier educators, uh, more productive, more fruitful and joyful educators if we get this right, if we figure this out together. So that's why I really actually do want to go back in December. Um, more to come on that and hopefully some more solo episodes in the future. That's all for now. I miss everybody and um, please reach out. I'm on Instagram, teaching underscore tomorrow. You can find me on Twitter. You can either look up my name, Celeste Kirsch, or teaching tomorrow. I hear my baby in the background, so it's time to sign off. Talk to everybody soon. We are teaching tomorrow.